Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we are going to walk through the second discipline of our sleep triathlon, which is nutrition. And we all kind of know how important nutrition is for a well-functioning body and mind, but it tends to fall over the cliff far too often when we're thinking about sleep. I have read a couple of books that were dedicated to nutrition and sleep, special sleep diets, special nutritions, special explanations, but what really inspired me to do this podcast episode was a book from a doctor called Dr. Strunz, and he is a microbiologist. His book is called Sleep Well, but there is only a German version available if I did my research right here. And he took a complete, measurable and pragmatic approach that I found to be a perfect fit into our sleep triathlon and for this week's episode. And I hope you agree after you listen to this podcast, of course. So what we are going to do today together is to have a look at the past and see where humanity comes from and what this means for our nutrition needs. Then we're going to have a look at the interconnections to our other two sleep trial on disciplines. So how does nutrition affect discipline number one, which is the body movement, our ability to move our bodies? And how does it affect uh, triathlon discipline number three, which is the mindset that we're going to discuss next week? And of course, we're going to see how this relates to sleep and what we can do to improve our nutrition in the right way to improve our sleep trust. So let's first have a look at our past as humanity when we were gatherers and hunters. And this is only about 10,000 years ago, which is a short period of time when it comes to evolutionary processes. And to do so best, I want to invite you to imagine that you are one of these hunters and gatherers right now. So you just woke up, probably the sun woke you up because there was no alarm clock, that's the good news. And then you might be getting a little bit hungry after you got up. So hopefully there's still something to eat lying around you. You would stick that into your mouth right away and then at some point, living into the day, you know you have to get food for yourself, for your family maybe. So you would wander out into nature and we would probably kind of know where certain fruits grow. Uh, we would know what fruits would be ready to pick them, to gather them. Uh, and we would also know where certain animals would be to hunt. And everything we do would be aligned to nature. Uh, just to give you an example, um, First of all, the fruits, uh, it's clear that they're not going to be uh, ripe the whole year. There are certain times of the year then you can, that you can gather apples and other times that, that you would gather strawberries, just, just as a simple example. Uh, but the same is true for hunting animals. Uh, you would have certain times when certain animals show up. As an example, when I have my 5 a.m. walk, in the morning and now that the weather is getting better as we're walking into uh, into summer i see plenty of bunnies at 5 a.m in the morning i could see plenty of bunnies if i do that walk three hours later i will hardly see one bunny so there are certain times when certain animals are shown up and when we can hunt them easier 
And now let's just further imagine that we were wandering around for a couple of hours to find these fruits or veggies. And of course, we were starting to get hungry at some point. Do you think that we would kind of save those fruits, all of them, until we get back home? Or would we put something into our mouths right away? So I, I know the answer for me. I would start to eat until I'm not hungry anymore. And then I would continue to gather fruits for my families, for other tribe members and bring them back. That's basically what we would have done in the past. Now let's see where the gap is. Or, or let's imagine, further imagine, when it comes to wheat, a thing that we all love because we all love bread and toast and you know, where wheat gets processed in uh, nowadays food. So now imagine that you, let's just say wheat would be out there. It would be grown wild, wildish kind of style. So do you think that we would start to gather wheat? You're hungry. And if you know how wheat looks like, it's like a straw with, you know, a couple of seeds up there and they are super small. So you would kind of need probably a couple of hundred seeds to process something to get flour out of it. And to eat them just like that, they would be kind of hard and not that good tasting. I think we all agree that we would probably not have wheat as our preferred food. We would kind of grab a big apple or something that really gets our hunger away right away. So let's now jump back together into the time that we're living right here, right now, and close the gap to 10,000 years ago and what we do now actually when it comes to nutrition. First thing is that we have three fixed times when we usually eat our meals, which is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We do eat in between two as we used to, but if we do so, it's usually unhealthy stuff. It's processed food, it's sugary food, it's cookies, Mars bars. That's what a typical snack in between is looking like today. And if that's different for you, well done. But for most of us, this is the reality. And let's also have a look at what we drink over the course of a day. It used to be water. We didn't even talk about that just a while ago. But it used to be water and now we're drinking stuff like lemonade, coke, sugary kinds of drinks. And even if we are talking about a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, quite often we put sugar into that. And sugar is a thing that is not only processed food, but it is also a thing that didn't exist 10,000 years ago. So our bodies are kind of not used to that. And if you look at certain regions of this world, you will find that diabetes type 2 has increased dramatically due to all of this stuff that we push into our bodies. And the last thing that we should at least take notice of is that fruits and vegetables and everything that gets produced in our agriculture is not growing the way it used to do in nature. And I'm not even talking about the pesticides that the farmers are using, but it's also the speed and what we do to kind of let these foods grow. It's all up to efficiency here. The only motivation is to get fruits to get big, look good and grow fast, as fast as possible. And you can imagine that probably the vitamins of a fruit or a vegetable that grows a little bit longer and a little bit slower might be a little bit higher than it is 
if we just look to push it into to size and to ripeness. And this can, and this is a part that really flashes me away every time I consciously think about it, can lead to a lack of vitamins, a lack of proteins, a lack of important stuff that we need to let our bodies work well, our minds work well. And that even though our fridges are full and we have access to nearly every food we want to eat and that you can find out there today. So let's now look at the microbiological aspects of this. And this is a thing where Dr. Strunz did a really good job on explaining it very easy and simple. And I'm going to share just a couple of examples to let you kind of get inspired of what power is behind this and why you might want to check this sleep triathlon discipline if you're only working at the mindset or the body movement part at the moment. Let's start with tryptophan. So tryptophan is something that you find in bananas and you'll find it in nuts too. Uh, and tryptophan is super important because tryptophan gets built into serotonin, which is the happiness hormone. So if you want to feel good, you want to have serotonin in your bodies. And to get serotonin, you need tryptophan. That's microbiology. And once you've got serotonin in your body, you're set up to get melatonin produced. And melatonin is also known as the sleep hormone. So that's where tryptophan ends in you having a good night's sleep. So let's pick the next interesting one. This is magnesium. And Dr. Strunz calls magnesium the salt of inner calmness. So it's good to calm our nerves, but it's also good for uncountable inner processes that are related to the metabolism. Also, the restless leg symptom that keeps many people from falling asleep as fast as they want to is often related to a lack or low levels of magnesium in our bodies. Typical foods where you find high amounts of magnesium are nuts or sunflower seeds. And if you are thinking of taking magnesium supplements, you want to take them with calcium because magnesium needs calcium to get processed in the right manner. And if you find this to be interesting, definitely check out our Instagram and Facebook page where we're going to post all kinds of interesting stuff all around nutrition the entire week. To find this is really easy. Just go into the search box of Facebook or Instagram Search for Sleep Trust and don't forget to hit the follow button. And coming to calcium, calcium is also important to help to create serotonin. And as we heard a couple of seconds ago, serotonin gets produced to melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. So everything kind of fits together and we really want to understand where we are standing at the moment. The last thing that I want to throw into our little podcast right now is the iron level of our blood, also known as ferritin level. And low ferritin levels are related to feeling exhausted. High levels let you feel energized. And that's what it's all about. That's what sleeping is all about, to let us feel energized over the course of a day. So you want to have a good ferritin level in your blood and this will also help you to fall asleep because we need energy when we sleep too. We burn almost the same amount of calories when we sleep because our body is highly active and it needs the energy to do so. 
Low ferritin levels are also related to the restless leg symptom, which will prevent us from falling asleep as fast as we want to, too. The reason why I'm walking you through this is not to let you memorize what magnesium or calcium can do for you in regards to sleep. Even though if you memorize that, that's great. The main reason why I walked you through this is to give you a better understanding that this discipline is nothing that is isolated. This sleep discipline number two, nutrition, absolutely affects our sleep discipline number one, body movement. If we do not nurture our bodies with the right things, it will be harder for us to move. So if we don't get the right proteins, we will not be able to build our muscles. If we don't get the right magnesium levels uh, and so on into our bodies, we will not feel good and therefore will not want to move. If we don't have the ferritin levels okay, our energy will just be low. And who wants to go jogging if the energy levels are low? On the mind uh, perspective, which is sleep trial on discipline number three, we're going to come to in next week's episode, which is kind of the thing that I've got my focus on mainly when it comes to coaching. It's more about the mindset and setting up the structure to check, of course, all of those other disciplines too. But I'm not a, a sports coach. I'm not a nutrition coach. I'm a sleep coach sleep expert, follow-through coach. So I'm very mindset-driven. And the mindset gets impacted through serotonin levels. If you do not feel happy because you did not eat enough tryptophan and didn't have enough magnesium in your body so that serotonin got produced or calcium, that serotonin gets produced in the right way, then you're not going to feel good. If you do not feel good, your mindset is going to get a little hit and uh, that's just the way that nutrition absolutely impacts um, the, the uh, mindset part. And if you do not get melatonin produced and you will not have the sleep and you will feel tired, how about our mindset when we feel really drowsy? It all is hooked up together. We've got these three triathlon disciplines and we want to have a look at each one of them to see what relates to us, where we should have a look at and think outside of the box. So if you think that you are kind of having a mindset problem because you're not thinking positive enough, maybe your nutrition is just not right so that your serotonin levels are not high or you're not moving your bodies enough to support the process of serotonin production. Either way, if you have sleep problems at the moment, or you simply don't feel good and you do not know where it comes from, you might want to see your doctor of trust and get your blood analyzed. That way you can take supplements to support your well-being and get into a healthy nutrition of your body over the long haul. So let's get really practical for a minute here. What can we do to improve our nutrition right away? First of all, we want to reduce the amount of processed foods that we eat. So try to get into cooking yourself or eat somewhere where you get a fresh meal. Try to eat more veggies, try to eat more fruits over the course of the day. Uh, reduce sugary kind of liquids in your house. Just don't buy that bottle of Coke. Don't buy all that other stuff. Replace it through water. 
And you can put a couple of drops of lemon into water or orange juice, a couple of drops, just to give it a little bit of a taste, but not get too sugary. If you have a look at your fridge right now and you find there's a lot of unhealthy stuff in there, just throw it all away. And then you go shopping and do a conscious shopping session. Get vegetables that you love, fruits that you love, get cheese and other stuff that you put into your fridge. Get yogurts, you can get so much stuff and I'm sure there's a lot out there that you really like to eat. And if you only have that stuff in your house, I can assure you next time when you would have gone to your chips bag, simply because it's in the cupboard and you get hunger, then you will grab your yogurt or a banana and that will be so much better for you. It'll be so much better, not only in regards to fat that you will not kind of build up in your bodies because you're eating healthier, but it will be so much better because it's going to give the body the nutrition that it really needs. And also remember one thing, if you consciously take the decision to change your lifestyle in regards to the nutrition and you were eating crap for years, then give it a couple of days and weeks to work out. If you drastically reduce your sugar intake, you might feel things like a headache or other things because we get addicted to sugar to a certain degree. But that's going to pass by very quickly and after that I can guarantee you that you will feel so much better. Just take the patience, put in the effort, throw away everything that doesn't suit you in your house and replace it through healthy, delicious food and there is enough of food out there that you will find to be very delicious and it's not much work. Usually, you know, even in the, the nighttime when I get hungry again, I would eat something even an hour before I go to bed. It wouldn't be a full-blown plate of, you know, meat or anything like that, but I would typically open the fridge. I would find vegetables in there, so I would uh, pick a carrot, maybe a couple of small tomatoes, a little bit of cheese, something like that, a couple of olives, and that would be me done. Sometimes I also have a little piece of bread. I know it's wheat in there, so I'm not a friend of being super radical with, you know, uh, doing nothing uh, in regards to what they didn't have 10,000 years ago. That would be stupid. But do it conscious, do it with a sense of a common sense, and you will find your way and find a nutrition that is good, healthy for you and delicious. Think about it like this. If you choose something that is not delicious or something that is not pleasurable for you, you won't follow through. You will get a fallback and that's not what we want. where we want to go. We want to find a solution that serves you better than the old one you had. Of course, change is always including you have to put in a little bit of discipline and there will be these moments where we want to pull back to our old behavior, to our old nutrition, uh, to all that old stuff. Sugary, you know, especially sugar is so dangerous because sugar gets processed into our blood really fast and that gives us a good signal into our brains. So sugar is really kind of uh, addictive and it will, you know, take a little bit of discipline to get rid of that. That's why I say throw all that sugary stuff out of your house. Don't, you don't, you know, you don't have to forbid yourself to eat it forever. That's stupid. But throw, you know, we've got so much sugar stuff in our houses. Just throw it away. Throw 90% away 
and you're going to be you're going to be safe. So let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust podcast together. Walking through sleep triathlon discipline number two, which is nutrition, it is important to understand that we as hunters and gatherers are used to non-processed food in form of fruits, vegetables, and meat. Your body will especially say thank you for leaving away the sugar. Transferring these facts into our daily lifestyle will help us to keep our microbiology working for us. That way we will not only feel much better but also have a superb sleep. To get there you might want to throw away all the rubbish that you've got in your cupboards or your fridge right now and go consciously shopping healthy stuff. That way when you get hungry at home eating healthy will be your only option. And remember, if you are not feeling good right now or have problems with your sleep and you do not know where this comes from, you might want to see your doctor of trust and get your blood analyzed. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you tune in next week when we're going to talk about the last part of our sleep triathlon, number three, the mindset. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week, and until then, have a good sleep.